You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. Welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm excited because in this episode, I get to sit down with Ingrid Dion. She's a social media expert and the founder of WordCraft. So we're going to talk all things social today. We talk about how Ingrid got into social media with no prior experience. This is a bit similar to my story too, because I started my first freelance job doing social media with no formal training, but that's really because there isn't a lot of formal training, just a lot of self-learning, I'll say. Uh, We also talk about how Ingrid stays on top of social media trends. She works for a lot of big companies uh, planning their social media strategies, so you're definitely going to want to learn from her. And we also cover some tips for establishing boundaries with time spent on social media. So if you're that person who feels like you are spending way too much time scrolling TikTok, looking through Instagram stories, (laughs) you might appreciate uh, the feedback and the tips that Ingrid shares. So I'll share a little bit more about the episode shortly, but before we dive in, I thought I would catch up with you guys. It has been a minute, or at least it feels like it has. I mean, there's content coming out at you every week, so I guess we do catch up weekly, but um, gosh, a lot is happening. A lot of moving parts here at Visionary HQ. So I guess a few things that I'm excited about. I just wrapped up a huge SEO project, so completely revamping the search engine optimization of my website. This is something I would highly recommend all of you do because... Um, For a lot of businesses, search traffic can be a huge source of lead generation. So if you're completely ignoring it, you're actually missing a huge opportunity. Um, In addition to that, I am recording the final interviews and solo episodes of season nine. Uh, We're in season nine right now, and I'm always planning ahead But um, if you know a Canadian entrepreneur who has an inspiring story or somebody who deserves a platform to share their expertise, their brilliance, shoot me an Instagram message. Uh, I'm just at Kelsey Rydell on Instagram. And I would love to hear whether you want to nominate yourself or you have a friend who's an entrepreneur. Uh, We look to chat with Canadian business owners who are willing to open up on the show and to share their journeys. So always looking for guest suggestions. And finally, uh, where I'm spending most of my time right now is with our Visionary Method private clients. So 
As you guys know, this is what I devote my Monday to Friday to. I work with new entrepreneurs to help them to grow from zero to 50K in annual revenue because a lot of times it is a struggle to build the business into a full-time income, but I've done it. I've helped hundreds of people to do it. And if you want to see some success stories, go to kelseyridle.com slash results. But that's where I spend most of my time. So if you wonder, what the heck does she do? Like, does she just work from home and hang out and paddleboard and go mountain biking? Well, yes, I do that in my free time, but (laughs) for about 35 hours a week, I am doing private coaching. So if you are somebody who's tired of hitting the wall, you're not sure how to grow your leads, your clients, your revenue, um, then perhaps it's time for a coach or mentor in your life, someone who can help you to stay on track, to push your business to new levels. And that's where myself, a private business and marketing coach can come in. So head to KelseyRidal.com. You can find all of the details there. So other than that, you can connect with me on the gram. Um, and I'm on TikTok now at Kelsey Rydal, trying to post more consistently and finding what content lights me up on TikTok. Uh, and I send out a weekly all things visionary newsletter. So again, you can find that at KelseyRydal.com. All right, enough about me. Let's shift over to Ingrid, our amazing, amazing guest. She's a powerhouse when it comes to social media. She's got great insights to share for people just starting out in social media or for people looking to up their game in the social media marketing world. So Ingrid is going to drop some serious knowledge bombs in this interview. So get ready to take some notes And if you want to connect with Ingrid, you can simply find the link in the show notes and go say hello to her uh, and learn more about her work at WordCraft. So that's it for now. I hope you guys love this episode and I will talk to you soon. All right, Ingrid, welcome to the Visionary Life podcast. We were connected through a LinkedIn post. So thank you, social media, for connecting (laughs) us. And I know we're going to dive into all things social today because that is your expertise. Uh, But before we get there, I kind of want to rewind a little bit. I think it was maybe like 10 or 15 years ago, you certainly were not in the social media world. I think I heard on another show, you were working at a museum, you were single momming, you were trying to, you know, figure out like what to do as your next step. So can you kind of take us back to that time just to set some context of kind of where this whole journey began for you? Yeah, for sure. And thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here and to chat with you. Awesome. Yeah, so I started my career as a journalist, went to journalism school and worked in newspaper and radio for about five years and then moved back home to rural Nova Scotia where there were very few jobs in journalism. Um, At the time, all of the boomers still sort of had the jobs at newspapers and um, the newspapers weren't really shifting to online that much. So it was really there were not a lot of jobs. So I did many different things for a number of years. I managed a farmer's market. I worked in politics. I worked at an art gallery. I was an interpreter at a historical village, like all kinds of things. And then I became a single mom when my son was three. So I really had to hustle and um, get a job that could support me and him 
um, to keep my house. I, I live in what was my grandparents' house. I bought it from them. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to keep the house and, and keep a roof over our heads. So I got a job um, as the assistant director of a museum. It paid peanuts. It, it paid me $26,000 a year. So I was officially a single mom living under the poverty line. And I also worked two other jobs at the same time. So I was working three jobs. I called the cops and the fire stations in the mornings to write little news briefs for the newspaper. Then I worked my day at the museum. And then I wrote knitting patterns and sold those online <laughs> because I'm a knitter and a spinner as well. So that's what I did for, for a couple of years. And all the time I was trying to get a job back in my field of writing. Um, I did some sort of freelance writing at the time, but I was always looking for a job in communications or PR or journalism or something. And I finally got offered a job um, at a marketing agency as a social media coordinator. It was really an entry level position, but I was frankly just happy to have anything so I yeah, started that job, started working with different clients um, and really fell in love with writing for social media and worked my way up to manager of social pretty quickly um, and was managing a team in Halifax and Toronto. And then about three and a half years after I started there, I, I left um, to work for Manulife Bank and to start their social media channels and started taking on some clients on the side as well. Um, Nestle Canada was one of our big clients at the agency. Mm. And so when I left, they followed me, which was really kind of amazing. Um, so when it came time that I had too many clients on the side, I decided to leave Manulife Bank. I was about six months into that job. And so I told Manulife Bank that I was leaving to start my own business. And they said, well, if you're starting your own business, could we be your client instead of you working here full time? And I was like, yeah, sure. So started my business in October of 2019 full time with two national clients, which was incredible, and a few other like local clients. Um, and now uh, my business is really growing. Like I have mm -hmm. one full-time employee and three part-time employees. And we have so many clients, I can't even count them. And uh, <laughs> it, it's just amazing. <laughs> that is so incredible. And I love how, number one, it seems like you have always been very resourceful. Like you always figure out a way to make it work. And I think that's a very um, admirable character trait that a lot of entrepreneurs possess. So I definitely see that in you. And I'm curious too, like you didn't have any social media experience per se, but the marketing agency took a chance on you. Like, how did you prove yourself that you were going to be good at this role when you really didn't have any formal education or training? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who would love to apply for jobs outside of where they currently are, but they're like, I haven't gone to school for it. I don't have a lot of experience. How did you get that entry level social job? Yeah, so I wish I had known that marketing was a job when I was in high school. I have to say, I had no idea. I knew that I wanted to write. Um, and I thought that the only job as a writer was in journalism. Yeah, had no idea that you could like that there were people who wrote ads and stuff like that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when I went to high school, there was no, there was no social media, but you know, there was still advertising. So, you know, there were people who, who wrote those ads, and, yeah. and I could do that, but had no clue. So, um, 
that's why I didn't study marketing. If I'd known about it, I totally would have. Um, but throughout the many jobs that I had that I that I mentioned, the you know managing a farmer's market, doing the knitting patterns and stuff, um, working at the museum, I was responsible for social media for that was like one of my tasks. So mm-hmm. at the farmer's market, you know, I posted on social media a lot for them. Um, and then yeah, with my knitting patterns, I so I I sold the knitting patterns on Etsy and on Ravelry, and so I had social media channels for. For my knitting business, I guess yeah. it was called Darn It All. Um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also sold my hand knits, um, so hats and, and mitts and scarves and things like that um, on Etsy and at different markets and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some experience with social, but not any like working with big brands or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they saw. The fact that I was a former journalist, had strong writing skills, um, had a little bit of experience with social, and um, there was a test. Um, so I guess I must have passed the test. Um, and it's funny when I when I ask um, the people who hired me there, you know, I'm still friends with them. And when I ask them why they even hired me, <laughs> because sometimes I just have no idea how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley, who hired me, said she just really liked me. And she asked her boss, she was like, I really want to hire her. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess I was just likable. I don't know. (laughs) Well, and I mean, I think that's a huge reminder to anyone who is looking for work, like likability and being able to be personable and build relationships is equally as important, especially in this kind of, I don't know, like, unregulated world of social media marketing, especially when, you know, many years ago, it was still on the rise. It's not like there were diplomas that you had to have. You just kind of had to prove that you had a willingness to dive in, to always be learning on the fly, because as we know, social media is always changing. And just like a, a keen eye for, you know, what performs well versus what doesn't and ability to pivot. So I think that's just a great reminder for all of us. Like sometimes it is based on your likability and just that, that attitude of like, I'll just figure it out. Right. This episode is sponsored by the What's Your Earning Potential free quiz. If you've been thinking about starting a business but aren't sure whether you have the gusto to exceed your current salary, this quiz was made for you. Find out what your earning potential is at www.kelseyridle.com slash earning potential. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the other person, so, you know, Ashley had hired me, the person that she reported to, uh, one of the questions that he always asked in job interviews, and, and I did some hiring with him, um, which taught me a lot, um, yeah. was asking people, when have you struggled? Hmm. Um, and that's not a question that, you know, I had ever asked people before during job interviews or really have had ever been asked. Um, but, you know, when he asked me, when have you struggled? Well, holy crow, I was a single mom under the poverty line working three jobs. I can tell some stories about struggling. Yeah, yeah let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he really liked to see someone who had overcome something. Yeah. Um, and he hired people based on that. And he was amazing at hiring. And I've taken that in when I'm hiring people, I'm looking for people who have struggled too. I don't want someone who's just 
been given everything and has had an easy life. I want someone who can show that they can overcome things and that they can deal with adversity um, mm -hmm. because it, you know, it shows resilience and, and resourcefulness um, and all that stuff. So absolutely, you know, that must have reson resonated with, uh, with him. Yeah. And so when you started that job and obviously you did quite well at it because you said you worked your way up to more of a managerial position. I'm curious, what is it about social media that you were really enjoying? Like what lit you up about showing up to work each day in that field? Yeah. It's so funny that you asked that because on my first day, I remember, and what, what, what I was doing on my first day was working on, I worked with Nestle from day one and we were going through the inboxes for the different brands. And you know, there's loads of them. There's all the Gerber baby stuff. There's all the different chocolates, Kit Kat, Aero, Smarties, Coffee Crisp. There's the Delicio Pizza. There's the Lean Cuisine. You know, they have a huge, there's Haagen-Dazs and Drumstick. You know, it's a huge number of brands. And most of them all have their own social media accounts. Yeah. So we were going through the inboxes for all the different accounts and answering all the comments and messages. And as we, st we started going through and Ashley was showing me how to do it, I remember looking at her on day one and saying, I love this. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's so even, so that was just community management, which is like a tiny, tiny piece of social media. Social media is so many different things. Um, but that's how I started. And I found it the most satisfying thing in the world. You see a question, you have an answer, you answer it, and then you complete it and it's gone. It's like crossing things off a to-do list all day long. You get that hit of dopamine over and over again. And it was just the most fun thing in the world to me, which probably sounds a little crazy to a lot of people because I can see not everyone would love it, but I just loved it. And, um, you know, once I got my feet wet doing that, I started writing content as well, um, which was super satisfying because you, you write a post and then you see it published like on Facebook or on Instagram or something. Mm. And that's really rewarding. It's sort of like when I worked in newspaper and I would see, you know, I'd open up the newspaper the next day and I'd see my name there. You know, my name's not on the social media posts, but I know that I created it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's just, there's a lot about it that I like. Um, I find, find it just the, the most satisfying industry. And I think I it's so it. important to kind of have the self-awareness of like when things are bringing you joy, follow that curiosity. And we all have things that kind of make us feel more alive. So it's starting to pay attention if you're somebody listening who's like, oh, I'm not happy in my current career. It's like, well, what does bring you joy? Maybe it's in your personal life when you're, you know, Instagramming what you're making for dinner. Perhaps there's like a little nugget in there that you need to apply into your next career search, maybe social media, right? Um, so I think that's super valuable. And so I read somewhere that you once said, I never want to run my own business. So you're like working in the corporate world. You're saying, I don't really want to run my own business. What changes? What is the catalyst to you starting WordCraft and starting to go out on your own? Yeah. So, yeah, I did say that. And, you know, when I say I worked my way up to manager, that was that was tough for me because I did not want to be manager. I wanted to just stay in my little community management bubble where I 
answered comments and questions and I didn't have to worry about anyone else's work. I just had to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, and it took, took a lot of convincing to get me to take the manager job. Um, but once I did, I loved it. I loved coaching um, the other, my team. I had a team of, I think, up to 12 people at one point in two cities. And um, I loved coaching them and answering their questions and giving them direction and all of that stuff. I just, hmm, I loved it. Yeah. Um, but I really feared running my own business just because I'm kind of a perfectionist and I thought I would get too, I don't know, too in the weeds, um, too many things to try and run, too many things to try and make perfect. Um, so that sort of scared me. Um, and, and someone had asked before if I wanted to run my own business and I said no. And then, so there's two things. One person had said, I have never seen anyone so reluctant to advance their career in my life. Whoa. <laughs> that was really, <laughs> that was really hit home. <laughs> I kind of like that though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I needed to hear it. And um, so when I heard that, I thought, yeah, well, maybe I do need to advance my career. Maybe I don't need to just stay in my community management bubble. Um, and the other thing was once I became manager, um, I, you know, started hiring people and I would write their contracts and then one of my superiors would sign off on the salary. I didn't really determine salaries, but I just determined tasks and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I did, I saw some, some of the contracts with the salaries and one person who was reporting to me, maybe several people, um, they were making $15,000 a year more than me. And I was their manager. <gasps> what? Yeah, I know. And so, and I was used to being poor. So the fact that I was above the poverty line just made me happy. You know, I, I thought, oh, now that I'm above the poverty line, I don't need to struggle as much. This is great. But then I started seeing that, you know, people below me were making more money than me. So I thought, well, maybe I should be making more money. And this is like very naive, Ingrid. But so I, I talked to my boss and I said, you know, I saw that these people are making $15,000 more a year than me. Um, shouldn't I be making the same or more than them? Because I'm their boss. And he just said, that's not going to happen. And so I was just like, okay, apparently it's not going to happen. Um, so that sort of lit a fire in yeah. me. Yeah. I didn't, it was still probably another year before I, before I left or before I started my business. Um, but I was thinking, yeah, I don't need to, to, to be treated this way anymore. Um, I was the most billable person at that agency. Um, I made my entire salary for, for the company. So like if you start on January 1st and you, you count all the hours that I was working and yeah. all of the money that I was making for the agency, I made my entire salary by like, I think the second week of February oh and the rest my. of the year, they were just making money off of me. Yeah. It's a little bit of a so, light bulb moment for you. Eh? It is. Yeah. Or like at so, least it planted the seed, even though it took you time to start like thinking about, okay, what would my business look like? But obviously yeah. there was a couple hints of like, maybe I do need to go out on my own. So you didn't just quit abruptly. Were you no. in that year, were you kind of writing a business plan? Were you starting to work with 
like you said, clients on the side? Like how did that transition happen? Yeah, I did start to work with clients on the side. Um, and I guess I, I thought that at some point I needed to be, I would be ready to start my own business. And I think a lot of people (laughs) who want to become entrepreneurs think, yes, there is one day that I will be ready to do this. And you're never ready. No one's ever ready. You know that. Never. There's no day you wake up and you're like, yeah, feeling good today. I'm going to give it all up and try this thing on my own. Exactly. Yeah. And I was kind of waiting for that. So I I would meet with different women that I knew were entrepreneurs. And I would just be like, can you have coffee with me? And they'd say yes. And then I'd have coffee with them. And I'd just like, maybe their entrepreneurial spirit will rub off on me. Maybe I can absorb it just while we're having coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess eventually it just, I, I don't, I wasn't ready, but my boyfriend was super supportive and he was just like, yeah, you should do this. Um, so I just started my business. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I knew how to do social media. I knew my craft very well. Yeah. But running a business, it's, been a a learning process let me tell you (laughs) so what were some of the first things you did when you started your business like is there anything like did you put your packages together get the website up like what were some of those first pieces that you had to figure out yeah I so (laughs) honestly I don't know um I really just sort of winged it I did I created like a little placeholder of a website I created my, you know, social media channels. Um, And I had, by the time I started full time, so I had those, you know, two national clients and a a couple of other clients that were local. So I had enough, I thought I had enough to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm gritty, I can, I can get by on very little. So, you know, I was was thinking I'll be okay. Um, But I didn't anticipate the word of mouth just spread as quickly as it did Hmm. or the connections. A lot of, a lot of the business that I get is connections that I made through the agency. So other people who left the agency and then started working with different clients. And then they were like, Oh, I really need someone to help me with, with a social strategy or some content creation or some community management. And they would call me. And so that's how I started working with Kraft Heinz was just, someone that I used to work with was working with them and she called me. And Mm -hmm. so I started working with them too. And other clients like that, you know, have just sort of happened that way. So it grew pretty fast and I didn't have to put a whole lot of effort into getting new clients um, Mm -hmm. just because I, I had really good connections. I really, you can't underestimate some good, a good network. Absolutely. um, Really key. And so you are a solopreneur at this point, doing it by yourself. Word starts to spread quickly as a service provider. Like there are only so many hours in the day. At what point do you realize I can no longer do this alone? Yeah. So I felt in the early days, I always use this captain analogy. So in the early days, clients would come to me and they'd be like, you know a lot about social media. Can you do this? I'd be like, yes, I can do that. Um, And then 
you know a lot about social media. Can you do this other thing about social media? Because again, social media is so many different things. Um, and so there were all these little bits and pieces of things, different things around social media that I was doing for all of these clients. And I felt like I was jumping from one ship to the other ship, different client, like all of my clients had ships and I had like a rubber dinghy and I was just jumping on yeah. their ship and filling in for a little bit, jumping on another ship. And I had this dream of becoming the captain of my ship hmm. where my clients would come on board my ship and I would help them and then they would leave. And, you know, so I didn't have to be jumping from ship to ship. So I got a coach um, and she really helped. Um, she helped me with the captain mindset and I guess sort of figuring out exactly what the services were that I was going to offer, streamlining it a bit more so that it was easily reproduced. Yeah. You know, like nothing is cookie cutter for me because all of my clients are so different. We're creating different content for everyone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are systems that you can put in place to try and streamline things. Um, but it did get to a point last February where I was like a chicken with no head running around, yeah, working with way too many clients, way too many projects. And at that very moment, my friend Courtney showed up and said, I really want to leave my job. When can you hire me? <laughs> and I had hired her when I worked at the agency. So I'd already oh. worked with her. And she already knew about all of my processes and how I worked and everything. Yeah. So I said, um, March 1st. Yeah. And so she said, okay, I'm going to give my two weeks notice and I will start working with you March 1st. So I was like, great. Because again, I thought that there would be a point where I would just be like, yes, I am ready to hire someone. Mm -hmm. um, but that never... The only reason that I knew I was ready to hire someone was that someone showed up physically in front of me and said, can you hire me? <laughs> All she had to do was ask and there was a job waiting for her. <laughs> and it's so funny because that has happened two more times since then. People have showed up in front of me and said, I need a job. Will you hire me? This is what I do. Yeah. And I'm not saying this because I want more people to show up at my door and tell me that they want to. You're going to get a slew of messages now. Hey, I hear <laughs> that I just have to approach you and say, I'm looking for a job. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work all the time. But it yeah. has. that's how I've hired um, most of my employees is they were just the right person at the right time who came to my door. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, I want to get into some social media specifics because, you know, oftentimes on the podcast, we talk about the entrepreneurial journey, but I know so many of our listeners, they're starting their business and they want to know the secrets of how to do well on social media. And their biggest challenges are like, I don't know what to post or every time I post, it's crickets or, you know, do I need a strategy or a plan or can I just post on the fly when I'm feeling inspired? So I think it'll be really fun to actually get into a conversation around some of your specialties, uh, what you and your team do. So yeah. um, first off, my question is, is social media a vital part of every business's marketing strategy? Or if we don't like it, can we just get away with not having it? 
This episode is sponsored by The Visionary Method. The Visionary Method is a seven-step system that's going to help you create and launch your business successfully. We've had 200 people go through it, and it's going to help you to generate your first 50000 in revenue, even if you're starting at zero. You can learn more at www.kelseyridle.com slash TVM. I mean... I think people can get away with not having it. Um, if it, if, you know, especially if you're, and most people are on social media, but you know, not everyone is. And if your ideal customer is not always on social media, that's fine. However, I think the key is figuring out which platform, if your if your ideal customer is on social media and chances mm. are they are, but figure out which platform they're on. And you do that through market research, you know, talking to some of your customers and figuring out what their habits are, but figure out which social media platform is on and put your resources into that social media platform instead of trying to post everywhere. Like Mm. you don't have to. Small business owners tire themselves out by thinking they have to post every single day and they have to be on every single platform. That is totally false. You can pick one platform um, and, you know, Facebook is an older, an older demographic. Maybe Um, Instagram is, you know, like a millennial platform. TikTok is more Gen Z and lower some millennial as well. Um, And, you know, LinkedIn, if you're B2B, um, Twitter, if you're a celebrity or in government or politics or you know, something like that. Um, That's briefly, um, there are exceptions to all the rules. Um, But yeah, figure out where your ideal customer is, put your eggs in that basket and post consistently. You don't have to post every single day, post consistently. If that means once a week, if that's all you can handle, fine. If you can handle twice a week, even better. If you can handle three times a week, great. But you don't have to post every single day. You just have to do it consistently, figure out what you can do. And I often counsel small businesses to pick a day, an afternoon, whatever, um, every week that you plan out what you're going to post that week, because too often it's something that they forget or they put it aside, they put it on the back burner, and then suddenly it's the end of the week and you haven't posted anything and you beat yourself up. So instead, maybe it's Sunday afternoon or something, you sit down and you say, okay, what are the two posts that I'm going to put on Instagram this week? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it helps if you if you've categorized, if you have content pillars, like that's wonderful. And those are little categories or buckets for your for your posts. It might be you might have a category for your product or service. You might have a category for user-generated content. You might have a category for behind the scenes. You might have a category for tips. You might have a category for about the people behind the business. Um, You know, there are any number of categories, but, you know, so then when you're planning your content for that week, you think, okay, I I need one post about the product and I need one behind the scenes post. So this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It really helps to, to plan ahead. I love planning. I encourage people to do that, but don't make yourself crazy about it. Like Mm -hmm. it should be fun. Absolutely. And you're so right. Like I think the worst thing is when a business owner is like, okay, I have to be on all these platforms. And then they show up and they have this resistant energy. So the post they write isn't even 
you know, reflective of their brand or their product because they wrote it in a hurry and they were just like, this is stupid. I just need to post something. People can read that energy through social. So it's like, if you're not having fun with it, if you're not, you know, enjoying the process, uh, whether it's you posting or your social media manager, people can kind of read through that. And maybe it's time to reevaluate, like, why are you posting these things? And I love that you shared, you should have content pillars. Like, Maybe for somebody listening who's saying, what do I post? I just don't know. Instead of like thinking I could talk about anything, narrow it down to three or four content pillars. Like, okay, I need to talk about recipes. I need to talk about fitness and then think, okay, what type of recipe could I post? So it like defines the question. It's not like, I don't know what to post today. I'm looking around. I'm not inspired, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it narrows it down and makes it easier. And, you know, um, content that is particularly, like, you know, p- often people will say, well, I'll, I post it and it's crickets, like you mentioned earlier. Yes. Um, and that's where it, you get to, like, how do you post something that's engaging, Um so again, thinking about your <laughs> thinking about your ideal customer. So you've thought about which platform they're on, but now you have to think about what will they find relevant. So what? And again, through market research, you can do you can ask some questions um, to your your favorite customers and find out you know what is it that you want me to talk about? What what you know when I'm when I'm when we're talking, what do you find super fascinating about my business? Um, what what tips have I given you that have blown your mind? Um, you know, those types of things. And so create content about those things that other people really love about your business or find really surprising or educational or entertaining or useful. Those are the types of posts that you want to create. Um, also ask a lot of questions um, because the more answers you get in the comments, you know, more comments, algorithm likes it, algorithm shows it to more people, helps you get more engagement. Um, You know, quizzes, testing people's knowledge, those Mm. are great kinds of posts. Um, You can use polls, like all of the different engagement tools that Instagram has on stories, like the polls and the, the quizzes, the little slidey thing, you know, they exist for a reason because Instagram wants you to use them. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and also answer all of your comments. So whenever someone posts a comment on on one of your posts, answer it. Because each answer is another comment, and then the algorithm sees it as engage-worthy because people are commenting. Mm-hmm. So when you answer, not only does it help you in the algorithm, but it also makes people feel special. Like if I comment on one of your posts and you answer, that makes me feel good because Mm -hmm. you've answered me, you've acknowledged me. So it all helps, you know, continue the conversation. Just keep it going in the comments. Um, And also don't uh, don't just focus on reactive engagement, which is when people are commenting on your posts and you're replying. Yeah. But also comment on other people's posts. So mm-hmm. do the proactive engagement as well. Yes. Um, send, send people a message, uh, comment on their posts and, and not self-promotional stuff, just trying to, you know, social media is social. So try to uh, generate 
um, conversations with people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Such good tips. And I am curious because social media is always evolving. It's always changing consumer attention. Yes. And I know that for every business, every product or service, it's different in terms of which platform you should be on. But is there a certain platform right now that you're seeing as a particularly good opportunity or that with your clients you're having great success with at this moment? So in March, 2022? Uh-huh. Well, one thing that's, um, you know, doing really well is reels on Instagram. Yes. Um, I'm seeing so, so much engagement on whenever we create reels for clients and I've found that if we use trending audios, um, so when you're scrolling through your reels and you see the little up arrow next to the sound at the oh. bottom, um, you'll see a little icon next to the sound. It'll either be a music note or a little up arrow. And if it has the up arrow, that means it's a trending audio. Mm, so tip. if you use, yeah. So if you use that audio, you'll get even more reach and more engagement on your reel than if you use like, your own original audio or an audio that just has the little music note. Um, so I've been doing that with some of my clients and, you know, it's bonkers, like the number of impressions that they're getting, uh, I guess, um, views is just mind blowing. And it's the best, the best thing to post on Instagram right now is real. Um, TikTok is great too, because, you know, their, their algorithm is super smart um, and will bring the right people. It's amazing. I know a lot of small business owners sort of fear um, TikTok and, and video in general. Me. It can be a little, <laughs> it can be a little intimidating, um, but you just have to try it. You just have to try it. It's, it's hard the first time, especially figuring out editing and figuring out how to use all of the, the different tools. Um, but the more you use it, the better you get at it. And yeah. really you don't have to put a ton of effort in. Like I did a reel this week for a client. It's a pet food topper. So it's a little sprinkle thing cool. that you put on top of pet foods and has a nutritional boost. And so it was just a slow motion of sprinkling the pet food topper onto the cat food with a trending audio. Yes. And in, in within 30 minutes, it had more than 4,000 uh, views <laughs> and almost 100 likes. And that's it. It took me like yeah. 30 seconds to create. <laughs> it was so easy. Yeah. 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 I love that. I think we put up such a wall when there's something new that we have to jump in on, like Instagram Reels or TikTok. And we think, oh, my God, this is going to take me all day. But like, I like to ask a question, like, how could I make this really easy? Like, maybe it's as simple as find a trending audio, find somebody who used that audio that relates to the type of content you could create, and then just use their formula and do the same thing. And one, Absolutely. take it. Do not, you know, spend hours and hours like trying to make it perfect. It's just like, you know, you got to get in there, get your feet wet and start playing around. And yes, it becomes easier with practice right it's not like yeah. we're all going to be social media experts right off the bat but you know like those skills over time they do improve when you spend the time and energy to actually do the work absolutely yeah and and like you say definitely look at what others are doing and take inspiration from it um mm -hmm. 
that's the best way to learn. So I want to touch on something that I know a lot of people want to know. Do we need to plan a month in advance or like, can we just show up each day and just say like, I'll just figure out what to post today. Like what is a good strategy? Do you like to map it out in an Excel document or what is kind of your process? Yeah. So we plan a month in advance. Okay. Um, but I don't expect all small businesses to do that. It's, it takes time. I mean, I've got it down to a science and I can plan out a bunch of different content calendars for a month, you know, in, in a day. Um, what is that science? Like, are you just, do you have a list of ideas and you just plug, plug, plug them in or yeah, any tips there? I, so yeah. So my tip is that I look at the calendar and look at what, if, if there are events that are happening in, you know, so you're looking at April, because right now I'm planning for April, of course. Um, and so I look at the, you know, there's Easter, there's Earth Day, there's, you know, National Pet Day. Um, and so I plug those in. And if there are any events, you plug those in too. And then you look at what else you have. So you have like, if you want to post twice a week, then you have a bunch of weeks where there's only one one post right now. So what are you going to do on those other for those for the for the other post for that week? Yeah. Um, and you think about your content pillars. So I need a post about the product. So I'll do one here. Um, and that's kind of how I build it out. Um, we have a meeting uh, with all of our team members and we sort of go through each of the different clients and then mm -hmm. and, and, you know, come up, brainstorm a bunch of ideas. We also often will have calls with our clients and find out if there's anything in particular that they want us to highlight. Um, so that's how it happens for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think the same formula can be used for, for most anyone. Um, and if you, even if you can plan out like a skeleton of the calendar for the month, and then maybe you don't have the final copy and you don't have the final image right away, but if you have that skeleton, that's a great guide for when you're planning each week. Um, you know ahead of time, okay, so this week, yep, I've got uh, Easter and I also have a post about a recipe here. Um, mm -hmm. It makes it much easier to plan on a weekly basis if you've got that skeleton done for the month. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's just like having a little bit of a blueprint of where you're going. And then for some people, maybe it is just showing up on the fly each day they've scheduled a post, but having kind of that overarching theme, it's like, oh yeah, it's Easter tomorrow. I'm reminded to put up an Easter recipe today. So it depends exactly. on how much structure you like, I guess. Yeah. And that way those, you know, even if there are certain offbeat holidays that are relevant to your industry like you know national pet day or or national coffee day or whatever it is um yeah. they don't sort of sneak up on you because you've already looked at the calendar of national days for the month and you've figured yes. out which ones are relevant to your business or your audience yeah yeah so I can imagine, like, in addition to running a business, you're also, like, needing to stay on top of social media trends, like, kind of two yeah. different. Where do you hang out to continue to get smarter, to continue to learn about business growth, to continue to stay on top of how social media is working these days? Like, how do you stay educated on all this? I 
do spend quite a bit of time on social media trying to figure out what other people are doing, um, looking at my clients' competitors. Um, And I also read a lot of industry blogs. Like most of the social media management tools have really quite good blogs like Sprout Social, Hootsuite, all of those. Um, There's also some other good blogs like um, Social Media Examiner and Social Media Today, I believe. Um, there are some good podcasts as well. Um, not to take anyone away from this wonderful podcast. It's okay. You, there, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> there are some great podcasts that are, you know, just focused on social media or on marketing, like um, Jasmine Starr's podcast. And um, there used to be a great one. Buffer had a podcast, but they haven't posted recently, hmm. but it was called The Science of Social Media. And Cool. Man, I love that podcast. <laughs> I'll go back and listen to the archived episodes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really good. Um, a lot of good advice. And they look at social media from a scientific perspective. So really looking at data and analytics and what that tells us about, you know, how to run your social media accounts, which is a whole other uh, you know, we've only talked about content creation really here, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's a whole other part of social media that is the the data and analytics, like looking at how your posts are performing or when your audience is online or, um, you know, how fast your audience is growing, what your engagement rate is. Um, I definitely encourage people to have a look at the insights section of their social media accounts and just sort of peruse around and see what you can find out. There's tons of data in there that can help you gain insight on what sorts of posts perform best. And mm-hmm. when are your when are your followers more likely to be online? Which day of the week? What time of day? Um, that can really help you determine when you should be posting. It's almost like we need to be detectives, right? Like you're saying, read the blog, sift through the podcast, like analyze your competitors, check your own insights. Like don't just post and leave and assume like, oh, it didn't work. Who knows why? Like you can actually attach some data to a lot of these things and um, yeah, like learn a lot just by studying the success or failure of others. Yeah. So. Yeah. And look at your competitors and see which posts are getting lots yeah. of likes and lots of comments. And those are the ones that you need to sort of emulate. Oh, get some inspiration from them. Even not competitors that are directly in your industry. Right. Like, it, you can be looking at people from completely different industries and the type of content that they create can inspire you yeah. to create some content for your business. Mm, absolutely. So do you have to establish boundaries because you live and breathe this? And, you know, as entrepreneurs, I think we're always thinking about our business, always trying to dive in. But then like the fact that you're a social media entrepreneur, it's this whole other layer because you need to be scrolling in order to fuel the business. And then you're also thinking about the business. How do you stay sane? How do you balance it all as a mom, as someone running a business, like in social media and managing a team? Any secrets? Um, yeah, I think it's so funny because I was talking to my coach this morning about how I need to set boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) It's very topical. It's something Um, you're working on. (laughs) It's something I'm working on. Yeah. And my boundaries are more, um, I, I don't really set boundaries with my clients. So my clients can contact me and I'm, and they say, you know, like, 
can you do this? Can you get this post up? Even yeah. though we plan a month in advance, but you know, nothing's written in stone. Things can change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I will drop everything and answer that email and post whatever they're asking for. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I need to work on. But in terms of, um, you know, like social media use, I have limits on my phone. I, I don't have the Facebook app. I don't look at Facebook except for um, posting for my clients. Mm-hmm. I don't personally, I don't, I'm not on Facebook. Um, I have the create or the business business, oh, business suite, app, suite, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I do have the Instagram app um, and the TikTok app. I have a timer on it. So I only get 30 minutes a day. How do you do that? Um, uh, I just set it up. And then after 30 minutes, it, it, it just gets grayed out. It's Is done. that through I, TikTok you can do that? Uh, no, just through your phone, like through your iPhone. You can oh, set neat. a time limit. Yeah, I got to look on at that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cool tip. So, so you can set a time limit. So yeah. I, so I don't like doom scroll on TikTok because I totally could. Yeah. I think we all could. That's what it's designed yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I find I don't, I don't doom scroll on Instagram. I don't tend to spend a ton of time there. Um, I mostly just use it for research. Mm-hmm. Um, I research hashtags a lot. I research trends and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, those, but TikTok, I could get lost in. Like I could just stay there forever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's really their algorithm is great. People keep talking <laughs> about you know how it is like the greatest opportunity right now. They've figured something out that Instagram yeah. and Facebook haven't. And I actually heard on uh, I think the Social Media Examiner podcast that TikTok surpassed Google in amount of searches and watch time or something. Like people are spending oh, wow. more time on TikTok than YouTube, more time on TikTok than Google uh, or something of that nature. So it's like it's showing its, um, yeah, like popularity through data now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that's sort of how I manage um, those things. But I do, I'm very guilty of working evenings <laughs> and weekends and <laughs> all of that stuff and you know I need is to, that I like need to work pretty that. much does that come with the territory as a social media manager that you're not going to be working a traditional like block of hours midday because it is a 24 7 job right yeah I find it hard to stay away and even when I was working for the agency I worked every weekend I did a check of the of the different brands just to see if you know, especially with, with Nestle, I was always looking for things called alerts, which are, you know, someone's choked on something or someone's had an allergic reaction to something, or they found a foreign object in their chocolate bar or whatever. Those types of things need to be escalated really fast. So I don't, I, I don't have many clients that have those types of issues now, but, you know, most people who are working in social media with big brands, there are those types of alert or threat situations where you have to be on top of it. Like, yeah, somebody's got to. Yeah, because very quickly, especially on Twitter, things can snowball. Yeah. If it's a dissatisfied customer and they're posting something and they're tagging you in all of their posts, if you're not on it, the next person will see it and they'll say, yeah, I had a terrible 
um, experience with this brand too. And then it just grows and grows and grows as more people are commenting on it. And I've seen this happen so many times. Um, so I, yeah, I live in fear of that and definitely <laughs> check. Beware check before again. you enter this industry or profession, like it will be your life, Yeah, <laughs> but it's a great life, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. I, I do love it. And I love the satisfaction of solving people's problems. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the community, community management part, um, yeah. you know, when, when someone has a complaint, a customer complaint or something. Yeah. Um, being able to resolve that is very rewarding. So great. Well, this has been more than enjoyable. So insightful. So many tips just on your entrepreneurial journey and social media. So really grateful that you decided to take some time out of your day to share with us. Now, if somebody wants to learn more from you, potentially learn about the work that you do at WordCraft, where should they go to find you and to find out more about what you do? For sure. I'm so I post on Instagram most more than any other platform usually. So I'm WordCraft Inc. Um, on on Instagram, also on TikTok and Facebook. Um, and on LinkedIn, you can find me, uh, Ingrid Dion. Um, and I have a website, it's just word craft.ca. So that's where you can find me. And you know, I share a lot of tips and um, just uh, insights into life um, as someone who's who's running a social media marketing agency. Um, uh, yeah, I share a lot of a lot of behind the scenes stuff on Instagram, so it's mm. a fun place. Yeah, I'll definitely link all of that in the show notes so that everyone can come connect with you. And we wish you all of the best in your future and in establishing social boundaries. I think it's something we're all working on. Uh, But thank you so much, Ingrid, for being on the show. Thank you. It's been lovely. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method Business Coaching Experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.